This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away, back, goal. Oh, hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. That's right. Our final edition of A's Cast Live from the winter meetings. Where's my camera, boys? As we've got a great second half, we're going to end with a bang here on A's Cast Live. Bob Melvin, the skipper, is going to be here. We actually, he's already been here, and we taped him a little bit ago. So you're going to hear from Bob Melvin. We'll probably do that around 2.30. Julian McWilliams, our old friend, who used to cover the athletics for The Athletic, now with the Boston Globe, is going to join us at 3 o'clock. He's going to be fresh out of the last uh, part of business to be done here at the winter meetings, the Rule 5 draft. So we'll see, find out who the A's took. There's rumors we're interested in a kid that is the, what, the 18th? Is it the eight, 19, 18th, 19th uh, prospect for the Tampa Bay Rays? We'll see if the A's draft this guy in the Rule 5 draft. Those are the rumors. And then we'll address what the heck is going on with the Boston Red Sox. Kenley Jansen has signed a two-year deal, but other than that, what is going on? And the whole Xander Bogart, Xander was out. He's never going to play for the Red Sox again. This is bad now. Xander, you know, where's his market? And is he going to go back to Boston after all of this? So Julian will join us at 3 o'clock. Jesse Rogers from ESPN will be here at 3.15. And then we'll end it with our buddy Bob Nightingale at 3.30 from the USA Today. Now, big story, something that, you know, because we've been so into signings, and I have brought this up. It's about what are the Dodgers doing? Right? I mean, here's a team that won 211 games. I've mentioned it multiple times. I ran into somebody that I know that works for the Dodgers. He talked about how this was just like this hugely depressing end of the season. You win 111 games. You feel like you're historic. You feel like you should be in the World Series, win the World Series. Now you win two because, fair or not, there are still people that are going to sit here and go, 
eh, you won the COVID World Series. I don't agree with that. I don't think that you should downgrade that because it was only a 60-game season. There weren't any fans. Uh, I think that is really poor taste when you think of everything that was going on in our world during that time where over 7 million people, I don't know what the total count now is, but over 7 million people, over a million people in the United States died from this virus. We didn't have, at that time, all of us weren't getting vaccinated yet. Vaccination was, you know, this was experimental. I remember the first team that we knew about getting vaccinated was the Houston Astros, as before they came out to play us, Houston stopped off, and I believe they all got the the one jab, the J&J, and then came to Oakland. You know, players were just starting to get vaccinated. People were just starting to get vaccinated. Uh, I wasn't vaccinated right right out of the gate because, uh, you know, I thought people who were essential workers should get it. My wife got it. She's a teacher. I thought people that were, you know, in our restaurant. I thought, you know, uh, whether it's the restaurant that we have here in San Diego or the one in Walnut Creek. So if you're ever in San Diego, the San Diego Chicken Pie Shop, or if you're ever in Walnut Creek, the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. And, you know, for essential workers, so I, you know, here I was, I was, I was doing A's baseball in my garage. I wasn't an essential worker. I didn't need to, I wanted all the people who were essential workers to get it. And then when it became my time, I went to Levi Stadium and, and I got, I got Pfizer and I did my shots when the time came. So for, for people to look, look back now, callous and say, oh, that Dodger World Series doesn't count. Man, these guys were playing in circumstances we have never seen before in the history of baseball. The fear, the scare, the sickness, the death, the virus, we did not know. And the fact that these guys were put in a bubble. I mean, I remember our playoff series against the White Sox where guys were getting to the ballpark at 5 and 5.30 in the morning to test. They didn't have COVID, boom, you could play. These guys and their families were put in bubbles. The stress they were under, no other players in the history of Major League Baseball had ever been under this type of stress playing games, ever. Never. Can't compare it. So for us now to sit back and look back and say that that World Series didn't matter, is that, that is the short-sightedness and the stuff you hear in our game, unfortunately, you hear it in all the sports. There's dumb things that happen in sports. That's one of them. Don't degrade the Dodgers in their World Series championship. I said it back then when we got in the playoffs. I said, whoever wins this thing, I'll have a lot of respect for. Because they did things that no one has ever had to do before. I mean, a World Series champion playing how far away from home? Not having home field advantage? And Los Angeles Dodger team and a Tampa Bay Rays team playing in the World Series in Texas? You don't think that's odd? You don't think it's odd to be away from your friends and your family and your loved ones? You're in a bubble? That World Series meant something. I'll always believe that. But people would like to see another one for the Dodgers, and this was the year to do it. And they gagged. And it's been affecting them. And now the story is the Dodgers are engaging in Carlos Correa. So what makes me believe here 
Right now, the Rule 5 draft is going on. So monitor that on Twitter to see uh, who we end up taking here. Because I do believe we will take somebody in the Rule 5 draft, which basically means you draft one of these guys out of an organization. You take him. He's got to be on your roster the entire year. If you ever want to send him down, you have to offer him back to the team. They have the chance to buy him back. And if they don't, then you get to keep him. So... Correa, Carlos Correa, now the Dodgers are not pursuing shortstop. So here it is. Ken Rosenthal, what he's hearing about Carlos Correa, the Dodgers, and more. The Dodgers are not pursuing shortstop Carlos Correa in part out of concern that a sizable portion of their fan base doesn't like him. Now, that's something that we haven't even thought about. We've talked so much about Carlos Correa, about health issues, how long will he play shortstop, will he move to third base. There's all these. uh, Now the Dodgers are worried about their fans may just not like him. After a couple tussles in the playoffs, or I should say in the world, a tussle in the World Series, they may just not like him. And they, obviously, Dodger fans, how they feel, even though the Dodgers have been uh, accused of being cheating in certain ways, but the Dodger fans, how, how they've dealt with the Astros and their dislike for the Astros and the cheating scandal of 2017. But it goes deeper than that. And it's something that Jim Duquette, former GM, talked about earlier today. Of course, he's got the show Power Alley on Sirius XM. It's the Trevor Bauer situation. Like, we kind of forget, like, what's going on with Trevor Bauer? Well, Trevor Bauer's still under suspension. And he's challenging it. And at some point in court, he's either going to win because he's not been charged with anything. Not been arrested, not been charged, but he's been suspended by baseball. And Trevor Bauer right now stands to lose about $60 million in salary if his suspension is upheld. And then the Dodgers won't owe him anything. But if Trevor Bauer wins and he has to be reinstated and the contract has to be reinstated, I mean, I, I, I don't see him pitching for the Dodgers. I see them releasing him. That, that's a whole different thing because this has nothing to do with Correa from a standpoint of whether Trevor Bauer is in uniform or not. Where Trevor Bauer matters is for the luxury tax because, as noted by the Los Angeles Times, the team's total payout exceeds $100 million for the third-time luxury tax offender they would be put over the luxury tax for a third time if Bauer is reinstated, if his money, essentially not Bauer, but if his contract is reinstated. So all of a sudden, if you're L.A. and you're looking at it right now, you're thinking about, oh, my God, we could be taxed over $100 million, and we have no control over this Trevor Bauer situation. So maybe that does kind of make sense why we look at this team that has in, you think has endless funds. You know, at some point, I, I 
endless funds end and why the Dodgers may go may be going with younger options here. Uh, there's also the take that they want Shohei Otani and they're willing to wait till next year. This says, but the Dodgers are unlucky to spend big, especially when they know the market next offseason might include two players they covet. Two-way Angel star Shohei Otani and Japanese right-hander Roki Sasaki. That's a dude that had the perfect game last year, and then he had like almost had another one back-to-back. I, I see you don't want to challenge the name either, do you? Uh, I think we tried to go over it a couple months ago. and Roki? I think we, butch- yeah, we butchered it then, yeah. Am I butchering it? I think it's Roki. It's R-O-K-I, right? Roki? Ruki? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't speak Japanese very well. Sasaki. I got Sasaki in there. That's yeah. right. Uh, Sasaki, if he posted by the Japanese team, the uh, Chiba Lodi Marines. Does that sound familiar? Uh, I'm not familiar with the, the – I know the Japanese baseball league, uh, was it Neopon? How, how do you say it? Is that what it is? Neop- the, what? Neopon? The Neopon Baseball League, that, that's, I believe that's one of the teams. That guy's really good, though. He's like 19 or 20. He's super young, if I remember reading that correctly. Well, all of this means Dodgers aren't doing a whole heck of a lot for this upcoming season. This really – you've got Aaron Judge now as, as we look around here. They, they've, they haven't fired up the uh, Yes Network studio in a while as the Yes Net. They've gone silent. Uh, our friends from NBC Sports Bay Area, by the way, they're all gone. We saw them leaving earlier. They're gone. By the way, Giants PR, gone. Saw them getting in an Uber. Giants PR is already headed to the airport. And we just saw our good friend, former Giants GM, three-time World Series champion with the San Francisco Giants, Bobby Evans, also part of the Egyptian baseball crew. But uh, Bobby Evans, we saw him, and obviously Bobby knows a lot about the San Francisco Giants. And I said, Bobby, if your PR is heading to the – I saw the PR people getting in as I was coming back from lunch. Uh, I said, Bobby, if the PR people are heading for the airport right now, pretty safe to say they're not not going to uh, announce Carlos Correa today. He went, yep. He said, the PR people are leaving. They're done. Giants are done. Giants came here and landed the big fish – the great Mitch Hanniger. Oh, I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say arson, Judge. Mitch Hanniger. From the South Bay, coming back home. Congratulations, great stuff. Uh looks like we do have some A's news. Yes, according to Martin Gallegos and the Ace Twitter con- confirmed it as well, obviously. Um, the A's select first baseman Ryan Noda from the Dodgers. Noda slash three two fifty nine, three ninety six, four seventy four with twenty five homers. 23 doubles, 93 RBI, and 20 steals at AAA Oklahoma City last year. That's the Dodgers AAA affiliate. So first base is 26, I believe, if I looked at his age right. So let me make well, sure. if you said they selected Dodgers first baseman. 26, yeah. 26. And then you said it was AAA stats, and you said that's a AAA team for the Dodgers. I think we could figure that out. Well, it said Oklahoma City. Oh, the Dodgers was in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> Just I forgot the Dodgers was it's in a the gra- beginning. It's a grand slam home run? Yeah, thank you. Oh, there's the there's the there the, the A's crew, the stars of the A's just walk by like it's no big deal. Look at them just what the rock stars just walk by. Unbelievable. I think I've seen Voose more here than I did the last couple of years in Oakland, even when he was wasn't retired. So 
because I never got to see him. So the Dodgers aren't punting the season, but they clearly want to get under the luxury tax because they want to go after Shohei Otani. All right. Which we've said he'd be a good fit, but what is that? So you have the Giants missed out on on Giants missed out on Aaron Judge, right? Yeah, it's confirmed they missed out. Okay. The one team that clearly is willing to spend is the Padres, who they made an offer at Turner. You're gonna hear from Bob Melvin. Padres met with Aaron Judge last night. They were here in San Diego. They met with them. They talked with them. Uh, no official actual number. So whatever you're hearing is just rumors. Uh, no official contract or numbers were offered to Aaron Judge. But who's to say that one of these other shortstops doesn't show up in San Diego now? I mean, how can you not say in the National League West that the San Diego Padres – are not the favorite. I mean, if you look right now where we are here at the winter meetings, we've got a long way to go. Dodgers have so many holes, and what Ken Rosenthal is hearing, they want to fill those holes now with cheap young options. So the mighty Dodgers spending all this money look like they may be in, in, in their version of what a reset would be. They've got they've lost their third baseman. They've lost two shortstops. They've lost their center fielder. They've lost their ace pitcher. I mean, they're still gonna have talent. They're still gonna have a team, but are they gonna be as good? I mean, right now, you know more about the San Diego Padres than you know the Dodgers and the Giants. Confirmed, yeah. And all of a sudden our guy Tori Lavello in Arizona, look out for them out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean we heard the rumors about them being on Bogarts. Now we're hearing Bogarts probably maybe going back to the Red Sox, but they have Arizona has a very young team, position player wise, and their pitching staff led by Zach Allen is very talented as well. And Tory does is doing a great job. They're they're not going to be in fourth and fifth place for long. So, does it sound like the Yankees are in on Correa? Doesn't sound like the Dodgers are in on Correa. So where will Correa land? And then now that leads us to Minnesota still wants him. Maybe the Giants. But the Giants have left, so it's not going to be today. And you wonder this. Does this now did, – did the Trey Turner 11 years, $300 million kind of change everything? Now Scott Boris is going to sit back and go, wait a minute, for my guy Correa, who's a little bit younger, who knows what they want now? So the odds that the shortstops are signing – I mean, the winter meetings is going to be over here in a couple hours. And I can tell you here in the in the media area, it's pretty much everybody's ghost. So these shortstops who came here hoping for a deal, looks like Trey Turner is going to be the only one leaving with 11 years with the Philadelphia Phillies. The other guys, they don't have a deal. And it's not mission accomplished for some teams. It's not mission accomplished for some of these players. I don't know how much the Giants – I mean – the Giants have money. I mean, obviously, if they were all in and they were offering this money, greatness is leaving the building. Have a safe flight. But you're looking at such a Giants got the money to spend. Are they going to be in on Carlos Correa? 
Utah. It's 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 an interesting dynamic because we've been waiting. Like, why aren't the Dodgers doing anything? They got a lot of holes. I think now we got a good idea why. Yeah, I think it was Alex Pavlovich from the uh, what is that? Uh, NBC Sports Bay Area Giants uh, writer tweeted that out that they're looking at Correa. I think after missing out on Judge, that's where they. Oh, is that what his sources say? His sources also had that. Uh, My phone's on the other side, but I. I I, I um, screenshotted the, the tweet so I knew to see what it was, but it's on my phone. And well, his sources also had that uh, Judge was going to be a uh, giant, too. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, uh, is that really a, a groundbreaking thing for him to now claim that, oh, they're going to pivot to Carlos Correa? I'm not buying anything out of Giants. I mean, if you're a Giants fan, you're probably not watching this anyway. But if you are, uh, you should be because we give you the truth. And I wouldn't be buying anything that anybody who covers the Giants says. I wouldn't buy it. They they were all just waiting around for something, and when they got Heyman to give them a taste of something, John Heyman from the New York Post, MLB Network, when they got a taste of it, they all ran with it. They all ran with it. And then all of a sudden their sources, as we said earlier today, now their sources were saying the same thing Heyman was saying, and it was all garbage within seconds. 90 seconds, how long did it last? But even though Heyman said that, there was all still the belief that, oh, no, 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 it's really happening, and it didn't happen. So I don't know what to believe with Carlos Correa. I, I, I would say this. If teams are going to want to sign him now, we, we, would still have, we would still have twins and Giants people walking around. But we don't, so I doubt that's going to happen. Safe? I think so, yeah. Uh, that that kills my uh, Carlos Correa, the Twins take then, prediction. Well, he still could because, go uh, there. But I said but we said for winter meetings. So for winter meetings, we're for two. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And Rodon, Bassett, you still got some starters out there who haven't signed. Yeah, and Joey Gallo too. I mean, if we're looking at, I'm just looking at power hitters. Sounds like an Oakland A already, <laughs> a one year deal. Hey, listen, come here, hit some bombs. We'll trade you at the deadline to somebody who's in contention. Not a bad idea. That wouldn't be the first time it happened. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No. All right, we ready for uh, Bowmel? We are. So earlier during our lunch break, so we were going to do him live, but he had to go um, kind of give you a little insight of, so Bob, Melvin, and a guy you might know who just won his first World Series as a manager stopped by. Did you see who? Uh, Dusty Baker, yeah. Dusty Baker stopped by here at Ace Cast Live. We got to say hi to Dusty, and uh, we actually talked to Dusty briefly about, I remember when we taped that with, with Ray Fossey, and Dusty was like, oh, man, Ray. I mean, Ray and Dusty uh, had a very good relationship from uh, Dusty's quick time with the Oakland Athletics and all these years. So we had Dusty Baker and Bob Melvin here at the same time. Let's just say this. They are concerned about the new rules. Like, there's some things about the new rules 
that they they had a meeting. So all the National League managers took a picture together. Then all the American League managers took a me took a picture together. And then they had these meetings about the rules. And both Dusty and in the little conversation, a little three way that I had with them, um, they're worried that we don't know as much about the rules that that has been that's been presented to us. I go MLB.com and they say, these are the new rules. There's more nuances to it. There's going to be some issues. There's going to be some first and third issues of pickoffs. And there's just going to be things that have to be, I mean, could all work itself out or it could be a uh, disaster, but we're going to see. I I think there's quite a few. And Tori Lovello kind of felt the same way yesterday. uh, Arizona skipper where it's like, eh, these new rules, we're going to have to see exactly just, how they're going to work, and how this plays out. But without further ado, our old friend, our buddy, the manager of the San Diego Padres, Bob Melvin. Time now for the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast Live, brought to you by Nest Betty. Didn't didn't we used to do something like that? I believe we did. So it it, it definitely rang a bell when you said that. Do you still have the mattress that uh, that I uh, helped you with? Are you kidding me with the plug-in unit for the phone and all that sort of thing are you kidding me i I have it there and i have it guest room it's all over the place at my house you know the bottom line is as much as everybody knows we've grown here on a's cast and a's cast live to become number one in major league baseball you were a big part of that because when we started it was me leaving the radio station because the team was leaving the radio station and it was a big kind of jump and you made sure that uh, you were a part of it, and that meant a lot to us. So our success, especially very early, the fact that you were on board helped us a lot. I feel like a charter member. So when I put this headset on and you started talking again, it rang some bells and and definitely felt very familiar and comfortable. We'll retire number six. That will be one of our – you and the great Sal Bando. That would be fantastic. I I was asking Cody earlier who wore it this year, and he's (laughs) he's still looking for that, so maybe it wasn't worn. You know, we thought about you on that day of the retirement because Sal obviously couldn't be there, but his family was there, and we know how much and what Sal meant to you in your career. I'm sure on that day you were thinking about that. Very special – so to have Sal go in, kind of a part of you too, and of course number six. No doubt about it. And I would have loved to have done a video thing. I wish I would have suggested that because I knew that day, and you know, obviously with Voos and and Lip and and the people that were retired there that were so close to me, um, I, I definitely felt it that day and, and wanted to be a part of it. But obviously, I was somewhere else. Obviously, this season something very very special. When you go to something new and you've done that before, and now you got to restart kind of not 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 easy because of all those years that you had in Oakland and being from the Bay Area we've talked about all that but now you come to San Diego you got to start anew but boy what a start yeah it ended up being a lot of fun you know it's it it wasn't easy for us I've said that often here you know we went through a lot this year um you know there was some drama which typically happens here a little bit more than maybe when I was in Oakland uh, but at the end of the day, I think it served us well. It, it, it made us battle-tested, and then we go into New York and, and win three games or two out of three there. And then the Dodger series here, if, if you're Southern California and you realize what it meant to this city to, to beat 
the Dodgers, especially here in a big series like that. I mean, I, I can't even explain to you how, how exciting that was. It was tough to win, lose that next series against Philadelphia, obviously, but from where the team started the year before and where we ended up last year, I think it was very successful. Yeah, you think about the way the game of baseball looked at the San Diego Padres before this year and now here at the winter meetings, how people look at the San Diego Padres. Wouldn't you say night and day? Well, you know what? I, 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 I when once you're part of it, you you just feel kind of who you are. Um, so I would think I'd leave that to people outside that were watching it. Um, but I, I do feel like that we, we, we made some strides this year. We have a lot of really talented players here. We have a fantastic payroll. Our owner spends a ton of money. So I think, uh, you know, you should expect to win and you should expect to, to get into the playoffs. But to be able to, to have it come to fruition and couple, you know, win a couple series, I think kind of sets the tone for where we expect to be as a team going into next year. And it's almost like you guys are playing fantasy baseball. Like, who's the top guy? We're in on it. it has to be fun, right? Trey Turner, supposedly, I mean, we can't talk about offers, but supposedly there was talk there. Aaron Judge flew in just to speak with the San Diego Padres. I don't know if you got a chance to talk with him, but what is that like now to be with a team far different than what you had with Oakland, where you always knew you are going to have pieces, and you had to make those pieces work. Now you're like, who's at the top of the game? We're potentially making offers. Yeah, you know, it all started really at the trade deadline when, you know, we made the big trade, and here here comes Juan Soto, uh, Brandon Drury, Josh Bell, Josh Hader. I mean, a little different. And, you know, then you get into the, the winter meetings. We finally get a winter meetings like this again, and then we're on, on every single guy. I get to meet Aaron Judge yesterday and talk to him for a while. So uh, a little different how – you know, things go in this organization, but still, you know, it shouldn't be the same everywhere. And, uh, you know, it's something you acclimate to. Now that we know he's going to be a Yankee, you have the talks. Obviously, we saw him Monday Night Football. He's in Tampa. We know he's flying here. No one thought Padres, all right? We're thinking Giants talk with the Yankees. But then you're hearing, yeah, he's not talking to the Giants. He's not talking to the Yankees. Well, he didn't fly to San Diego for – I know he's going to Hawaii now for an anniversary – but what were the conversations like with Aaron Judge? Uh, it was pretty extensive. So, you know, whenever I think players, free agents, you know, high-dollar guys look at this team differently now. You know, when you have an owner like, you know, Peter Seidler that's going to spend some money, and this really is not considered a big market. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just a different dynamic, and, and being able to, you know, have a shot at these guys certainly feels good. And, you know, if one falls through or two falls through, you know that's not the end of it. Manny Machado, if you remember back in our old days, we weren't in love with Manny Machado, the Oakland Athletics, and the Baltimore Orioles. Let's be honest. We had a few run-ins with him. What's different for you now about Manny Machado now that you've managed him versus when you managed against him with the A's? Well, a lot, but I think he's he's really developed into really a leader here, a guy that – you know, not only the team looks to, the city looks to, you know, he has a place here. There's there's nobody that does not know who Manny Machado is. And I think as his career, career progressed, and especially since he's gotten here to San Diego, it's a different look. It's a different guy. It's a different way of, of, of playing the game. I mean, the, the skill set's off the charts and, and so forth. But, you know, I think even as this year progressed he turned into a real leader us a, a, a guy that would speak up in meetings and a guy that really this clubhouse looked to uh, for leadership and boy he posted up you know he played 
I don't know how many games and how many games hurt. He was second in the, in, the, in the National League and in MVP. And in my opinion, I don't know that there was a guy that was more important to any team. So Manny Machado is a different guy that uh, we saw with the whole Josh Donaldson incident. The, and I think about you and your star player and your star players. You find a way to have that connection. Obviously, we saw it so many times with Matt Chapman. I know you started doing similar things with Manny Machado. What is it that you 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 understand that you know what my stars they got to be my leaders and you got to have the right connection with them. Well, you get a hook in those guys and they do it a certain way, then everybody has to fall into line, and that's you know I mean. It's elementary, really. Those are the type of guys that you have to reach and get into leadership roles and go out there and and play the game a certain fashion than everybody else has to. So he was definitely one of those guys. Yeah, it was funny when we read about the old Bob Melvin speech because we know that Bob Melvin doesn't get angry that often, but there's that whole you had that one speech. We know about that. When when finally you get fed up with something, you're going to let it be known. And I don't know exactly how it went down. The media reported that uh, once you had that talk with the team, you were a little frustrated about the offense and scoring runs that the team took off after that. How did that go down? Was it reported correctly, and what did you do with your ball club? Well, look, you know what? There there are certain times during the season that, that, you know, you have to get the team's attention. We we weren't playing very well, and there was a certain night that it just – you know, came full circle and that if we're going to play like this, we're not going to make it to the to the postseason. So it really more of a credit to the players after that meeting that night, they got together the next day and things changed across the board kind of in how we we did our pregame and our preparation. Guys were out there for the anthem. They were on the line running. The other team saw maybe a little bit of a different team that was completely engaged and and really serious about trying to make a, a, a postseason run. So uh, really credit to the players to get together the next game and change things up. You know, I, I think about where you guys are right now in this division because I can tell you our friends over uh, across the Bay, they've left San Diego not feeling so hot. Uh, the Dodgers still have so many different questions. We talked to Tori Lovello uh, the, yesterday. You know, Arizona's searching. I mean, if there is one team who, as of right now, it's early, you don't win it in the winter, but you know who you are. Does that feel pretty good that you know who you are and the other teams right now? They're not quite sure. they got a long way to go. We all have a long way to go. But you've got a good idea who your ball club is. Well, yeah, and I, and I think that maybe we were looked at a little differently now based on the success that we had this year, and I think that's a good thing. Now, like you said, you know, the Dodgers have the resources to make a lot of moves, and they're going to at some point in time. The Giants have made one, and they're going to make more too. So our division's not going to get any easier. And when you talk about the Diamondbacks, you look at some of this, the youth and the speed, and you know now the game's going to be a little different with the bases and, and the shifting and so forth. I think they've kind of timed this thing for – for, for maybe some athleticism that, that's going to show up a little bit more so this year. So the division's not going to get any easier. We've got, you know, those, those two teams are going to make some moves. But I think we're really focused on our team. And I think, like I said, our team's looked at a little differently now. When we talk about the rule changes, we'll get MLB.com. They'll put the list out. This is what the rule changes are. You guys have had meetings about the rule changes here. Are they going to be more extensive than we know? Well, it's the nuance of a lot of them. On the surface, you say, okay, you know, as far as the stolen base thing goes, you can only pick over a couple times, and then the third time um, it would be a balk if he's not out. But there's so much to that, you know. I mean, with the with the pitch timing now, 
you know, there are going to be times that you're going to have to buy a little time. Guys aren't going to be used to it. You step off, and now all of a sudden you only have one pick over there. You got guys on first and third, and you don't have any picks left. There's a whole different dynamic with the Bach and so forth. So, you know, on the surface, it looks like there's a few rule changes, but I think on the, uh, you know, underneath the surface and nuance, there's going to be a lot that's going to uh, change the game, and, and it's going to look a little bit differently. Do you like the pitch clock? I like the pitch clock. I do like the pitch. I think the game does need to be sped up. It's gotten to a point where, you know, yeah. there's just too much downtime with pitchers that take a little bit too long, hitters that don't get in the box and so forth. I do like that dynamic of it. Some of the other things I'm not thrilled with, but you know what? There have been some rule changes before that I wasn't thrilled with, and, and I kind of became okay with it. You think shifting will change how, how you do lineups and – and acquiring players, because now it seems left-handed hitters are going to get get some more love here. What do you see the difference with shifting? The part I like about the shifting is, in theory, we'll see how everybody plays it out. I mean, they might move some outfielders around and do things differently, but I, I don't like the rover out there in right center field. So I'm fine with it. be fine with how many players on one side of the diamond. And, and you're going to be able to have more than four infielders. If you want to take somebody from the outfield and put them in the infield, you can do that. But I think the thing I like the best about it is there's no softball rover out in right center field taking some of those hits away from the left-handed hitters. Marcus Simeon. How many times did we have Marcus Simeon out in right? We did. And, A lot. And, yeah, we did. And, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and you look at that, too. So we had yeah. – Jay Cronenworth out in right field quite a bit this year. And the year before, it was Manny Machado. So I think we took a little off Manny's plate this year because we did some numbers on how many times he had to go run out there into a shift. And this is a guy that plays 162 games, yeah. you know, 160 games a year. Over the course of the game, you're talking about six, seven, eight hundred yards and in, in having to run out there. So I think we took a little off his plate this year, too, that he was uh, he was appreciative of. But Jay Cronenworth did a, did a good job doing the Marcus Simeon thing out there. What were your thoughts to your beloved Cal Bears and the Pac-12 when you heard USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten? I, I, I still hope that doesn't happen. It just doesn't seem right. It doesn't feel right. I mean, the Pac's the Pac, and it's always been, you know, I, I'm a little biased. I grew up on the West Coast, and it's really the only conference that I pay any attention to. So, Without those schools in it, it just doesn't feel right. Hopefully something transpires between now and then and it doesn't happen. If it does, it's kind of a sad day for, for, for as big a sports fan as people like I, you know, myself and you that yeah. grew up watching these things, the rivalries with you know, Stanford and the Arizona schools and the, and the Southern California schools. It's just, it would be a sad day for me. It's just not, you know, in October falls Saturday morning waking up for that big Rutgers USC <laughs> or Maryland UCLA game just for some reason doesn't seem right. Right. And those probably don't get uh, watched as much, certainly in the Bay Area. So, you know, even if it's, you know, you know, you talk about Cal Stanford, whoever Cal plays, whoever Stanford plays, but, you know, a lot of focus on who USC plays and who UCLA plays and the momentum leading up to those games and, and knowing, okay, we're playing, Cal's playing UCLA today and that's going to be the focal part of my day. That that would be unfortunate. How is, have you checked in on the Cal Hoop program, your beloved Cal Hoops? Yeah, I have checked in on them. They're going to get a win here pretty soon. Um, <laughs> off to a little bit of a slow start, but I think they're pacing their show. You still a season ticket holder? No, I, I unfortunately not because I'm just um, – uh, you know, more Arizona now in the off season. Yeah. But uh, it, I follow them for how, sure. How is the golf game? Uh, the golf game right now is better it is during the season. I'm not playing much during the season. Uh, 
playing a little bit more in the off season now, so my handicap's not too bad right now. Oh, you are a sandbagger. That is unbelievable. You're not you're not a plus anymore? No, I'm not a plus. I'm trying to drive it up even higher than it is right now because I know you're going to come to town pretty soon. You're going to want to play. Well, it is great to see you. Hope all is well with the family. Uh, and obviously we were rooting like you know what for you down here. We wanted to see you in the World Series. I mean, it, that was, you know, to watch your run, I mean – what you do with a baseball team, we understand. We lived it. We saw it. We saw the success that you had in Oakland. We've seen the success that you had at the other places. But uh, this was definitely something that um, I think you can really build on. And not going to be shocked if next year you're seeing a lot of the same. I know you're going to have big expectations. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it just makes you hungrier to get the it's, – it's awful to – the season ended the way it did, but I think it made everybody hungry and realize what's what what this team's capable of. So uh, we look forward to getting spring training going. Happy holidays! The next time we'll see you is in the Valley of the Sun. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. You know, this was a a, a lot going on, and and you know, with the winter meetings being here in San Diego, and and Darren Feeney, who's who's in charge of my schedule, made sure, and I wanted to, and I told him we got to get on A's cast here at some point in time. So I was I was happy to be able to do it and see you and Cody again and. Thank you very much for having me on. A's fans, the great Bob Melvin right here on A's Cast Live. How good was that? It was good to see Bob again. Yeah, it's good to see him. He's a great man. You know, the one thing that wins, losses, all that kind of stuff, you know, I'll never forget spring training. The A's are going to play the Padres. And this is so A's, right? Just like the A's getting the sixth pick in this draft. It's so A's. Uh, just, just things that happen. You just shake your head. Uh, Sean Manaya is supposed to start for the, the A's against the Padres in spring training. And we're down there. And we trade Shamanaya to the Padres the day we're playing the Padres. It was just so, and it was very emotional. You know, we, we've talked about it. We talked about it with Sean that day because he came in. I was, like, standing right there. I was interviewing. God, who was I interviewing? I'm interviewing somebody, and Shamanaya comes in after he's been traded. Next thing, he's hugging people. He's crying. People are crying. It was just like, and I was, I, was, um, I think, I, you know what? I think I was interviewing Dalton Jeffries. Yeah, I remember. Well, they yeah, they were all. I was because Jeffries was a couple lockers down from Manaya. Manaya came in, and I'm interviewing Dalton Jeffries, and Manaya's in tears, and then other pitchers were in tears, and then here came Sean Murphy. And the whole time I'm doing the interview, and I'm and 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 and. Jeffrey's back is to them, and I'm interviewing Dalton Jeffries. I got my recorder here, and I'm watching all this over Dalton Jeffrey's shoulder. And I knew, you know, A's PR didn't want the beat writers going up and talking to him. And I just so, so what I did was I uh, around the back saw Sean and I said, "Hey, I'll catch up with you in the Padres clubhouse after your start." So after the start. Sean uh, goes out. He's a Padre now, and he starts as a Padre against the A's. It was crazy. And Sean gets done, goes back down, works out, and then goes out. I, I'm in the Padres clubhouse at our stadium, Ho-Ho Cam, 
And here I am. I got my A's shirt on and my A's hat. And the Padres people are looking at me going, what's this dude doing hanging out? Because it's during the game. And so Shamaniah comes up the stairs and he sees me and goes, oh, yeah, let's do this. And he got teary-eyed during the – it was an emotional day. I mean, there was multiple people. But before that, um, before the game, I actually interviewed Bob Melvin. And Jessica Jessica Kleinschmidt was there. Who else was there? It was just us three. Uh, actually, it might have been just you two. I saw Bob prior to it. Yeah, I think it was Jessica Kleinschmidt. And Bob Bob literally almost broke down. Like, Bob was – it was his first time – Bob was like facing the A's. Uh, I remember I can say it now because Bob is no longer our manager and Steve Vucinich is no longer uh, our equipment manager. Steve Vucinich had a letter on Bob Melvin's desk. And it was a letter, handwritten letter, Steve Vucinich to Bob Melvin thanking him for everything. So Bob Melvin had just read this letter. It's on his desk in the visiting GM's uh, room at Ho-Ho Camp Park. He just read this letter. I see the letter. He shows me the letter. And then we do the interview. So he's already emotional going in because Voos touched a emotion thanking him because, um, you know, these men have a great relationship. When you travel the country and you spend as much time as all these players and managers and coaches and trainers and equipment manager and everybody you spend so much time together you 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 form these bonds and you know bob basically i mean bob if you heard the interview we didn't have it on video we weren't doing video at the time but bob basically choked up during the interview and jessica kleinschmidt's behind me kind of off to the side i can see she's crying i got jessica crying i got bob melvin crying it, it was it was uh, it was it was a weird day, man. It was an emotional day that day we, we traded Sean Manaya to the Padres. Bob Melvin crying, Sean Manaya crying. I mean, this was a close knit group. And to think where we are now, have a you know, I, Bob is a great person, and the friendships that you have last a lifetime in this business. And yeah, I'll see Bob down. We're gonna go down to Arizona for the. For fantasy camp, and I'll uh, play a little golf with Bob and get to see him. And Bob, you know, I can't think enough. I can't thank Bob enough for what he did for us here on AceCast. You know, we started this thing from from nothing. I mean, we were we just started this thing. It just boom. And if anybody remembers, we started AceCast on essentially opening day. And I got Bob to come out on normally opening day. The manager is so busy. There's all these things going on. Hell, we didn't even know if AceCast was going to work and we could go live. I mean, we didn't even know. And I was I was lying to everybody saying I knew it was going to work. And I just told Joey Libatori, the Italian stallion at the time, as I tell everybody, what do I tell everybody? Just make it happen. Just make it happen. You just get me on the air and I'll make it happen. Just get me on the air. And I I went to Bob that that the I remember I went to Bob. It wasn't on that morning cuz it was a, it was a day game opening day, but I said, "Bob, I, I really need you to come out. We're we're starting this thing. Um I really need your support on this." 
And there he was, opening day, in his white uniform. Bob came down, opening day, with everything that he's got going on. Bob came down to do the interview on opening day. And Billy Bean came down, did us a favor also. We had Chapman, we had Olsen. But there's no question the skipper did a lot for us here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. It's where we had the manager's show. He stopped doing basically terrestrial radio and pretty much the only place you could get the Bob Melvin show. I mean, every once in a while he'd pop on some shows when he was requested. But he he was uh, he was uh, good to his word. And we did the Bob Melvin show, and this is where you got it every single week was A's Cast Live, and we'd replay it on A's Cast. You know, that was a commitment from Bob. So Bob was really good to us, and uh, we will always root for him. And that that is also one of the great things about the way we went, went about our business hiring Mark Kotze. If you want us to take you in on the inside, that Mark Kotze, not having to educate Kotze on, okay, this is what we do, this is how I get you your sponsorship. This is, Kotze knew the drill, so... Kotze being able to step in right away for Bob and take over Bob, what Bob had done for us, Mark came right in and we were good to go. I don't know what it would have been like if we would have hired somebody from the outside, you know, if we would have hired a new manager from the outside, uh, what that would have been like. I just thank God we didn't, that we stayed in the family because inside the family allows us to keep doing uh, what we're doing. But very great, very grateful for Mark Kotze, and definitely very grateful for Bob Melvin and, and what they've done in helping us be the the success that we that we are, and that we can be here at the winter meetings in San Diego and have all these other teams look at us and go, man, what you guys are doing are awesome. Uh, you guys are the future of baseball, and it's like, yeah, we are, and very proud of that. But you know, we need a lot of help, and you know, David Force who comes on. Just about every single week with us has been so supportive. Uh, Mark Kotze, Bob Melvin, Billy Bean, the powers that be have been really good to us. We've been very lucky because let me tell you, the access we have to our guys is better than any other club. I mean, it really is. It As much as we get the guy, the, the people who control our organization, as much as we get them, you don't get that in other organizations. You just don't. I will tell you who is impressive. It is the Yes Network because they, they, they snap their finger. That's when you know it's big. Business is so big that it doesn't matter how your ego is. It doesn't matter. The Yes Network for the Yankees who's next to us and it's two, two straight winter meetings, you bet your you-know-what. The manager's coming down multiple times. The president of baseball operations is coming multiple times. And we saw Cashman more than we saw Aaron Boone. I mean, bottom line, the Yankees own the Yes Network again. Yeah. So this is the Yankees network, and when the Yankees want their manager or their president of baseball operations, they snap their fingers, and these guys emerge out of somewhere in the hotel numerous times, and they go live on TV back to New York. It is impressive because you know there's somebody – uh, somebody calls PR and somebody says, get his butt down here. And you know what they do? Okay. We saw Cashman earlier this morning. Okay. Cashman said hi to us. 
Yeah, yeah. Cashy gave us uh, Cashy. Uh, Brian Cashman. He is cashy. said hello to us. Gave us the thumbs up. I mean, he's a good dude. He always has been. I've interviewed him multiple times. Uh, obviously, he has a lot of respect for the athletics, and he's very close friends with Billy Bean. But I just, I just like the fact that the Yes Network could just basically snap their fingers and said, "Hey." Get him down here and get him down here now to answer questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I don't know how many teams, I, I, you know, not many teams are doing that. Not many teams have that kind of pull. Uh, no, and it was funny. To say, not funny, but you, we saw him down here so quick right after we got on, and you see Yes Network firing up, and here comes, you know, the news came out at what like five thirty this morning about Judge, but they didn't go. I don't think they went on that early. No, by the time they fired up the the lights, the cameras, everything on the Yes Network set, here came Brian Cashman. Then here came Aaron Boone. Like they don't, they 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 don't mess around. I have a lot. New York media, you got respect. It's a whole different. Like right now, the uh, uh, Jed Hoyer, Jed Hoyer, who used to work for the Padres, now runs the Cubs, is doing a press conference with the Chicago media off to our left. First times we've seen these guys. I mean, most of these GMs, I mean, they sit in their rooms the whole time. They they, I mean. They're not coming. They may come down and do something with the MLB network. I mean, we get guys to come on here. We've gotten a couple managers, and we get people to come on here. But for the most part, a lot of these guys don't do anything. So uh, what do we got coming up here at 3 o'clock? We're hoping to have Julian McWilliams, but he's covering High and Bloom right now. Uh, He's speaking to the media. So we're supposed to have Jesse Rogers of ESPN, who's over there, speaking with uh, Jed Hoyer. There's a couple things I'm going to send out. Uh, This is from John Morosi, MLB Network who we also saw earlier and talked to, the San Francisco Giants have spoken with Carlos Correa's representatives about the free agent shortstop this week, source says. So, uh, so Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, Giants PR has left the building. Yeah. They're either on a plane or waiting to get on a Southwest plane. I saw them getting cars. They're out of here. The other one is, uh, well, I think he was uh, speed tweeting. Rajay Davis. Rajay, what's up, man? How are you? Come come here. Come here real quick. Former Oakland Athletic. We always loved him. Rajay Davis. How are you, my friend? Things good? Put on the mic real quick. Put on the mic. Yeah, let's get this out of your way. How are you? How have you been? Awesome. Awesome. And just enjoying the, the, the whole, you know, winter winter meetings experience you know really for the first time um to this capacity right it's far different like it's like all the baseball people get together it's 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 like this bizarre conference but it is every everybody in the game is here yeah and you you you, it's like a reunion especially you know for us former players yeah we get to you know see a lot of the guys we played with and just kind of reminisce a little bit you know, but the some some of the good old times, uh, you know, just playing in the game and some of the things we could have we would have changed. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you doing for Major League Baseball now? So, we, we, we personally, I'm basically um, helping to bridge the gap um, between you know the clubs and 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 the players and and the commissioner's office, um, working on field operations. Um, so we, we, we deal with you know a lot of the the, 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 the rules and, and the and the um, you know just kind of getting feedback from the players with the rules and you know those kind of things just to seeing make sure um, if, if, if players and coaches and managers have concerns or, or you know issues that they that they're dealing with with the clubs 
um, <clears throat> or, or, or even ideas of how we can grow this game, make it better. You know, that's what that's what I come into the to you know the, the clubhouses. I'm visible. Um, I'm, I'm constantly at you know City Field, Yankee Stadium during the season. So so I'm available, um, especially to to our to our ball clubs. I, I I just have a feeling that let's let's say that was me, and I went in. Players are going to look at me and go, "Old man, get out of here." Yeah. But you, being a former player. And recently have played. There's probably that trust factor that they can really be honest with you. And I and and I don't doubt with a lot of the kind of new rules that are going to go on. There's going to be definitely concern. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I I can you know foresee you know a lot of uh, rules consultations. You know, just kind of just yeah. going over the rules and you know um you know, with the players and and who whomever we 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 actually had um um a discussion with the managers this morning earlier this morning and you know that uh that went relatively smoothly so you know that was uh, that was that was good um and you know we're, we're we'll continue to uh you know uh, move forward on that and you know obviously in the beginning it's going to be something different for our players and something they'll have to adjust, um, but they're resilient. They're 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 a lot of you know obviously major league players, and they're used to making adjustments, and they'll be able to make the adjustment. So when you heard that you could only throw over to first base twice, did you think about coming out of retirement? <laughs> yeah, that, that was a big that was a big that was a biggie, <laughs> especially especially some of the strategies I'm hearing about now, uh, how you can really uh, really take advantage of that. You know, and can you imagine how many bases you would have oh stole? My. It's it's um, you know, it's it's one thing when you can just eliminate um the 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 doubt of you know I got to go back, but when you get to the point where now it's only one thought I'm going this way, one way, ooh, that that makes it that that's a that's a separator right there. I can tell you. So we had Bob Melvin come over, and then walking by Dusty Baker, and then they both. You know, Dusty came over, and the three of us were talking. Dusty Baker's like, first and third? Oh, boy. <laughs> like, Dusty doesn't like it. Like, Dusty's like, this is bad. Yeah. Like, first and third, you're going to have, like, easy guy going to second, run, scored. Like, there. I don't know how long the rule will last, but that how this thing plays. I think everybody's cool with understanding we need to speed up the game. Pitchers, you know, they've done the minor league, so pitchers will get used to the pitch clock. I think a lot of people are cool with no shifting. It's just this whole pickoff thing is going to be interesting. You know the the, the biggest thing um, that Major League Baseball has done is done. They've done a lot of research. They've done their due diligence, and and their due diligence is from you know um, looking to see what the the fans want as from a business perspective. You know, and 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 the fans want action. They want action. Um, so when you get a first and third, mm-hmm. now. You you got the potential to have some real action. It's excitement. It brings excitement to the game, and you know, and and that's something that teams are in and our and our clubs are are going to you know they're they're going to strategize and that there's going to be more strategies to 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 kind of you know, combat that and and um, you know figure out ways to um, you know deal with those situations. But that that's um, that 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 might be a, a really good thing. Um, we, we are hoping that this is going to bring some more um, excitement to the ballpark. Well, I'll tell you what, he was always a great pregame guest for me back in the day. And, 
you know, you were a fan favorite. People loved Rajay Davis. I know you had a good time playing in Oakland. Oh, I did. I did. Obviously, spent most of my majority of my career mm-hmm. in Oakland. Got most of my stolen bases in Oakland, and you know, it was um, just a a great environment to steal. You know, especially getting um, encouraged by a lot of the fans that that would be there constant. The the, the faithful few that were there. Um, you know, thank you, you know, just just for being there and encouraging me and, um, you know, being supportive of my career. How important is it, do you think, for Major League Baseball to have more guys like you who played the game, who recently played, to get more involved? We saw it, you know, gradually over the years, it was older players, but get young guys like yourself involved that kind of helps bridge the gap between the players and let's say New York the commissioner's office and the powers that be I think that's part of what you know this role is 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 doing and and kind of paving the way for um to be able to um be able to connect the dots um and bridge that gap and I'm I'm just thankful you know that um you know uh, CY had this vision um now with you know um uh, as the you know, general manager with the Rangers, but, you know, he's the one that, you know, first hired, you know, Blanco and, and Nick Hundley. Um, and then, you know, I came in later after them. So um, they, they, they laid the groundwork, the infrastructure for this. And so I'm thankful um, for this opportunity to, to be able to um, be in this position. You know, now, now that we got the CBA done and we had the lockout, uh, let's end on this. Seeing all the money that's going around, baseball's in a good spot. It looks like it's real healthy. That's what it looks like. Yes, indeed. You know, and it's um, it's great, great for um, you know, the players that are obviously receiving the 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 benefits of uh, a, a healthy game, and um, you know, the the clubs are are giving the healthy uh, contracts. Um, so. Um, it looks like we're in a good place. 11 years? We signed an 11-year contract. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, we've been sitting here next to the Yankee people. They've been sweating and finally Aaron Judge. We, you know, Bob Melvin was talking about meeting with uh, Aaron Judge last night before he got on the plane to go to Hawaii. I mean, the numbers that are going on. Yeah, our game's in a good place. No, everybody always tries to sell a little doom and gloom. I think this winter meeting has, has proved baseball's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. It, Absolutely. It's great to see you. Thanks. So we got to have you on again. Let us yes. kind of, because these new rules, no shifting. I mean, the bigger bases. Yes. Let's kind of, let, let, let's let's reconnect here in a little bit and uh, give us kind of a progress report how it's going. Sounds good. Former A, Rajay Davis right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. The Oakland Athletics begin spring training on February 25th. Now's the time to make plans to catch us in Mesa, Arizona, and enjoy the sunshine of your family and friends. Buy your tickets early for the best seats at the lowest prices as your green and gold take on the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, Angels, and more at Ho-Ho Cam Stadium. Shantoni, it's a deep drive to right in the corner. Gritchick going back. He'll turn and watch it fly. Get your tickets at athletics.com slash spring. That's athletics.com 
slash spring. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Uh, how cool is that? The great Rajay Davis, former Oakland Athletic, joining us here on A's Cast Live. And you know the cool thing, what he's doing and, and, and going to help the players and they're going to have the new rules and teaching everybody and, you know, one thing that's that that what Rajay and other players can do is help bridge this gap that's in between the owners and the players. Because obviously that has been a toxic relationship. And we just got a chance, you know, talking with Rajay um, after the interview going, you know, you learn so much about the game and learn that there's there's different ways than just when you're a player and you heard from the players' union. So hopefully, and maybe baseball can learn from this, is that you have more players like Rajay Davis who just played, now starts working with Major League Baseball, now can talk to players and say, hey, listen, yeah, I, I get what we always felt as players, but there's – you know, maybe the, the the commissioner's office and ownership isn't as bad as everybody wants to make everybody out to be. Like Rajay has said, he's learned a lot of different things since he's joined working for Major League Baseball that he never knew before as a player. Like the players don't get that side. The players are taught, you know, it's us against them. That's not really how the world should be. We're all in this game together. And when you're when you're when you guys are still you know, it, it's that, and I get it. Like years and years and years ago, owners did everything they could to to not pay players. But I, I mean, you can't you can't literally look around Major League Baseball right now and say that guys aren't. I mean, look at the money that's going around. You can't say that the game's not in a good place. Look at the money that's going around. You just it just you you just can't. So maybe people like Rajay Davis, who in the game can help players understand, you know, kind of a, a different side. Maybe there is that in between the players union and the owners, these ex-players who see both sides to where they can go to the owners. They can go to the commissioners and say, man, you guys are getting it wrong here. This is maybe you could change your way with the players by doing X and then at the same time say the same thing to the players. We need to change the mentality as players and we need to change Y. Well, if we can change X, Y, and Z, maybe we can have a better relationship between the players and the owners and, and everybody get along and not have lockouts and not have labor disputes and just, you know what, realize there's so much money to be made. Let's – uh. Let's enjoy let's enjoy this beautiful pie together. There's a lot of pie to eat and we can all eat it. And going to holy war every so many years on a CBA is not smart. That's what the future could be. So where are we going here? Are we going Jesse who's who's next? I thought my computer's being charged. Where are we going next? Jesse Rogers from ESPN is on his way. We love talking to Jesse. He's part of the ESPN and ESPN Chicago and does stuff around the Chicago Cubs. Jed Hoyer, uh, their general manager, just spoke with the media as they've made some deals. And, you know, 
uh, deals maybe to be made on the way out, and if they're not made, what's coming next? What what's what what's what Rodon Bassett three different big shortstops out there. We still have some big names that are to be. Do we have, have we have anything come down since we've come back on? I know I've just been talking the whole time. Has there been any news? Not that I've seen. The only thing I've seen so far is the Carlos Correa rumors and then um, rumors of – yeah, that was it. And then there was a John Heyman tweet that was another – how can I put it? Another miss, a typo. He went to say Cole Hamels and he put Coke Hamels. Only 38 would like to pitch again in 2023. So he deleted and put up Cole Hamels. Sounds like an Oakland A already. <laughs> well, him and Arson Judge. Coke Hamels. Coke Hamels and Arson Judge, they can play together. So, yeah, nothing – that's all I've seen. I haven't seen anything else – uh, I would then. not. If, uh, by the way, if oh, and, and and give us our rule five, the kid we got from the Dodgers again. Uh, Ryan Noda. He had uh, two. He's a first baseman from the Dodgers. Two fifty nine batting average last year. Twenty five homers, twenty three doubles, and ninety RBI. Oh, and twenty steals. Twenty twenty guy in triple. How many games? It was. Let me pull up his. I close his page. Because twenty five home runs in triple A is not a lot. He played in one thirty five. 135 games last year. What was his OPS? OPS of 870. All right. So he's got some pop. Year before in Double A, he played in 113 games. He hit 29 homers, drove in 78, and had a 904 OPS. He also had 15 steals that year. The great Mike. I'm number one. Farron's Farron's still here. Mike Farron just told me I was number one. The greatness from Sirius XM. He's he's got a jacket on now, so he's got a jacket on now. He must have been doing some TV. Uh, First base is, you know, is an interesting position for the athletics right now because you saw enough out of Dermis Garcia that said, okay, I want to see some more, right? And then... You know that depending on how outfield works, Seth Brown is somebody who you know is going to get some time at first base. And now you're adding this guy who you take him from the Dodgers. Obviously, with the Dodgers, this is a guy who's not a top prospect who obviously is going to not be protected. But he's got to be with some. Jesse Rogers walked right by us, and he goes, where are you guys? So he's, he's, I think he's coming back. Because I told him where we were. So we're right by where Jed Hoyer was. <laughs> and um, so this guy has to be. So we, we is this still the same price tag fifty thousand that that we uh, that that we that we pay for it for a Rule Five guy? I don't know. I don't know what it is now. It used to be. We took a minor league guy too, but I'm not even going to try to butcher his name. It used to be. It used to be fifty thousand, and then if you didn't want to keep him on the roster, that you would uh, offer him back for twenty five thousand. And Jesse Rogers joins us from ESPN as he's been uh, doing some Cubs duty with uh, Jed Hoyer. By the way, we've had you on the program a lot. It's great to officially meet you. Nice to meet you guys. Glad to be here. Sorry I made you wait a few minutes, but, you know, the the, the president of the Cubs, Cubs first. I'm sorry. You're second, though. Well, we saw you over there. <laughs> yeah. We knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> and uh, actually, we actually uh, as as you guys were doing that, former A, Rajay Davis, 
walked by, stopped by the program, and well, he almost broke the Cubs' hearts as a member of the uh, Guardians or uh, Indians uh, back uh, then. A, a, a big home run, but I like you. Know, we're talking about his new role with Major League Baseball, and I really like what he was saying about. I learned so much about the game that I didn't know about from a the business side that I didn't know as a player. And so right now he's trying to, you know, help buffer, you know, what the players' wants and needs are, how they feel about rules. So he goes up to City Field or Yankee Stadium, goes in and talks to managers, coaches, and players, reports that back to baseball. And I was thinking, you know what, really good idea to have former players not too long out of the game still recognizable, can go in and talk to these guys. And maybe we can bridge this gap, this disdain between <laughs> ownership, uh, commissioner's office, players union, and players by having these guys in the middle to kind of broker a better relationship. Yeah, it, it has changed over the years. There are more former players in front offices and the Major League Baseball League office now. Um, all those rule changes were vetted by former players or um, instituted experimentally in the minors with former players overseeing them. You're right. That's the that's the bridge. I mean, former players now, as they become managers, the old days it would be you'd either go to AAA or you maybe be the third base coach. A lot of them, Brandon Hyde, Craig Council, they start up in the in the front office, learning all of that, and then they go back down to the field. And so, um, in general, we're talking about sort of well-rounded players because. The information now is is more than just what it used to be, right? And uh, so, yeah, I think there there is something to be said for what you're talking about in roles like Raja Davis and um, guys like that. I mean, Michael Hills, a, a guy that's um, you know in charge of discipline in the in the league office, or one of them, and he always talks about talking to players before they institute new rules and disciplines and things like that um, and punishments. So, um, yeah, I think that that's a good point, and I don't think it's something you saw 20, 30 years ago. And I like, actually, too, that we're seeing the trend of former players becoming front office guys again. As yesterday, we had our old player uh, now running the Phillies, Sam Fold. Uh, you got, you know, young, uh, Chris Young running the Texas Rangers, yeah. and we're seeing that all over the place. I think that also really helps because we got to a point to where you had all the, all the, all the smart kids coming mm -hmm. in who, who'd never played baseball, mm -hmm. uh, mixing in some of the old players who are obviously very smart. I mean, Young went to Princeton, Fold went to Stanford. They're smart guys who get, who get the analytics and everything. I think that also helps, don't you? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I agree with you. We all make fun of kind of the nerd aspect of the, yeah. the way the game is gone. I mean, I've been in the covering it for 10 years, and it, just in my time, it's just the turnover and just I don't even recognize some of the assistant GMs. They look like my uh, son's friends or something. <laughs> they're, so, they're so young. And, uh, I mean, so having former players like yeah. CY, you don't miss CY uh, when he walks into a room. Um, and we're seeing more of that trend as they leave the game. As I mentioned, they go up into the into the front office. Sometimes they come back down to the managers or uh, you know into the dugout, or they stay in the front office. And they, you know, uh, John Daniels moves on, and here's Chris Young. You're running a team that's spending money, hiring Bruce Bochy. You got a big job now. But the experience, the the, the education they had, the experience on the field, obviously, and then the experience learning under a veteran GM. Um, 
gives these guys an opportunity. Former players becoming GMs. It's kind of cool. Rangers got a lot of business done before the winter meetings and now inside the winter meetings. So just picture this where we are. This is the same spot we were in 2019 too. So Yes Network was also there in 2019, and the bomb went off when they signed Garrett Cole. This year was a little different because they were in panic mode. So picture this. We got Yes Network here. Our own NBC Sports Bay Area setting up over oh, here. Oh, wow. Because they think they're getting judged <laughs> yesterday, right? What if you had signed with Oakland? That would have been the greatest upset of all upsets. One year, $100 million, and everyone <laughs> would have been right here in front of us, That's right? That's right. These two would have shut down. So we were, we were, we were intrigued because we're like, because, you know, <laughs> we can't stand these guys, right? Yeah, the yeah. Giants, right? Yeah. You understand? So we're like, and we don't really like the Yankees either, yeah. but we're having fun going – here you have the Giants people. Heyman yeah. puts out his tweet. Oh, Uh-oh. God. Uh-oh, I'm not right. <laughs> but they, they're going with everything because they want to believe they're it so bad. And they're, and they're worried. To say, and then it all flips. As you can see, Giants, all of our friends with the Giants are gone. They're already on planes back to the Bay Area. I get it. I and our friends it. over here with the Yankees are now, their chest are back out feeling good about themselves. Brian Cashman was coming by, waving to us. Life's all good again in, in Yankee land. It's, it was an incredible 24 hours there. Throw it, and then throw the hometown Padres into the mix just for good measure at the last minute. That was you know tr- true. He visited with San Diego last Bob night. Bob Melvin was just here yeah. at 1.30, and Bob was at the meeting and said, yeah, we actually he was here in San Diego, and we met with him. It's incredible what the Padres have become, meeting with every big name out there. Even if they have you have that player at a position, then we're going to go get another shortstop, and we'll move Tatis to the left field. It's incredible. Um, you know, uh, the, the, I mean, the California teams, a lot of competition. I wish you guys got would get involved, but I know you got, yeah. you got some problems. But it, uh, I, a lot of people, my good friend Bob Nightingale's walking by, we all thought he'd go back to the Yankees. But, look, you, 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 it, it's nice to go out there. It's nice to be wooed by somebody else. Um, most of the time these guys leave, right? Not often do they sign back in December. By the time you've gotten December, you're moving on. But Judge was a different animal. I mean, I, I – the uh, the idea of leaving as an iconic Yankee, he he could have a monument there. He could be a Hall of Famer. I mean, it just probably was too much. But look, you 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 get to do this once in your life. Go listen to everybody else tell you how great you are. So I don't doubt if the Yankees you know stubbed their toe along the way in this process, he would have taken the Giants' offer. But I think most people thought he was going to go back. Well, all of a sudden, once Judge decides on one place, that means these other places have the money. Uh, a lot of people said, oh, the Giants are now going to pivot to Korea. That could be true, but I saw all Giants PR getting an Uber to the airport. The Giants are out of here. So we only got a few moments left here at the winter meetings. Uh, that 11-year deal for Trey Turner, how much did that change the shortstop market? It set the bar. It set the bar, and if I know Scott Boris, he's going to try to get um, Correa 301 or more. Yeah. You know? um, and Look, the fact that it's wrapping up here means nothing. It means that you pick it up, maybe not tonight or tomorrow morning, but they pick it up again on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Christmas, New Year's, doesn't matter. These are great players. They're going to get paid. That's the thing. I get asked on so many radio shows, hey, when's this guy going to sign? When's that guy? Nobody ever knows. Who saw Jacob DeGrom last Friday, right? Just don't know who saw just one shortstop here, and now three are still out there. Just never know. Dansby Swanson's getting married this weekend. He's not making a decision now. So there's there's all these factors. I never can answer timing. Never can answer timing. Now, are the Giants taking that heat-seeking missile of, of money that they have and landing it somewhere else? You better believe it. You can't tease your fan base like that and just go back to a, 
Okay, Brandon Crawford or Tommy Lestella is going to play uh, shortstop, whatever it is. So you better believe Correa or someone else is going to benefit from Judge going back to the Yankees. There's no doubt in my mind. Their, their, their attendance came down a little bit, and if they tease everybody with Judge and end up with very little, the Giants, it's going to go down even further. So I would not be surprised if that lands in, in Bogarts or Correa's lap. We always have to talk about the south side of Chicago playing the White Sox. We always laugh. It's the south side. It's the north side. What's on the east and west side? East is the lake. Okay. West is where the Bulls and Blackhawks play. Okay. So that's their territory. We all we, we, They stake out their territory. Well, east is Soldier Field right along the lake. There we so go. They, so we can play Bears, with that. Cause... Bears, Sox south. Bulls and Blackhawks west, Cubs north. There you go. So the north, are we now excited again about the north? We're where are there. we? Starting to get there. You have to have a little patience. Look, I'm not a season ticket holder. I'm not paying those exorbitant fees, so I can say that. Like, I like what he's doing. It's kind of methodical. He could also be the Rangers and just throw a ton of money at people and see what sticks. But Jed's got a couple paths going here, Jed Hoyer. We're going to stay nimble with one-year deals. We'll see if Bellinger can reclaim some greatness. We're going to sign a first baseman for one year. But as we're doing that, we're going to sign up, say, a Suzuki in right field. Jamison Tyone, i got to get that right, the pronunciation, uh, on the mound. We're going to bring Stroman in. So they've got guys, like four or five core guys, but then other guys they're staying nimble with as they uh, bring up the next set of prospects. You know, they had the Chris Bryant's Rizzo's. Those guys are all gone. They've got a center fielder in waiting. They've got a first baseman in waiting, maybe a catcher. So they're doing both stopgap bridge guys and also longer-term guys, and that's how they're going to build this. Then we go down to the south side. We saw them late. Obviously, our buddy Tony LaRusso was out when Dave Stewart got his number yeah. retired, and we knew that this was definitely going to be the end. Uh, a lot of change is going to happen. And then we just heard the rumors. He's a good friend of the program. Liam Hendricks has been on the show. I mean, Liam was Liam would stop by almost every day and come on, right? He'd pick up a headset. We love Liam Hendricks. He's mm-hmm. a wonderful person. But we do understand that there is the potential that the personality can can – can wear on people. Uh, rumors starting to come out. He could be shopped. Why do you think that is? Oh, that's simply because they need to get creative to get better. That's all that okay. is, and he's one of their few commodities. Um, he's not the only one that could be on the market. He's the biggest name probably, but also Lucas Giolito possibly, um, Gavin Sheets. They, they're trying to change some things in there. Maybe they pull from a strength to, to strengthen two other weaknesses or something like that, and Liam would be a strength. I mean, you still have Graveman there, former still have Graveman, He's still could, good, could, yeah. yeah, right. Like, if you are in a desperate mode to, to to make some moves, you could talk yourself into closing is a luxury. We'll figure out later, right? And we're going to use this piece to get a lot. Um, Liam was very honest last year, especially as they underachieved. But that's not why they're thinking about moving him. It's because they need to change things, and they have no money to spend. They will not spend money. Jerry Reinsdorf is just not going to spend money to make money. He's an old-school kind of owner, needs to come in first, and then he might spend. So if you're not spending, the word we use is creative to, to, to change your team. Find that right deal that, again, might weaken you at closer but strengthen you at second base and starting pitching. That's the kind of deal you might see for Liam Hendricks if it happens. Wasn't it a couple of years ago they wanted to be in on Machado? They said they had money to spend. It just has changed? Yeah, I would maybe put them in the class of the old Padres or some other teams where they're not a destination, the White Sox necessarily. Yeah. Now, Liam signed up. I'm not saying it's, it can't be an all-encompassing thing, but Machado used them. That's what I'm going to say. Machado used them, and other teams have used them. 
And I feel like the Padres were probably one of those teams that used to get used a little bit. Now the Padres are the the destination. Machado yeah. ends up there. They're talking about other guys. Now they've been spurned. Trey Turner turned them down. Judge, but the circumstances. Turner was always going east. Judge was probably going to New York. So um, the Sox are. They're trying to be one of those teams. They're not quite there. So it's the chicken or the egg. Do you have to be great and you become a destination? Or do you need to convince some people, some stars to come there, and then you become the destination? Then right now they're in the latter part of that. They need to convince someone to come there. They're not a place that everyone's clamoring to come to. Let's end on this. Safe to say with everything we're seeing, game's in a good place. Absolutely. One of the un- under-talked about stories that I've been on really since they signed the CBT is we are a little bit in a league of haves and have-nots. And when you raise the CBT, those spenders are going to at least spend up to that, if not more, where the guys that weren't spending aren't going to really spend anymore. So we are seeing a division. Like, you never hear the, the two words Pittsburgh Pirates and signing someone <laughs> together, right? The Reds are kind of there. But who cares about those teams? We do have about 15, maybe even more, starting with the 12 playoff teams. We had 12 good playoff teams. A lot of years, even without the third wild card, we have some crappy team that barely gets in. And they, It's 12 good teams. Now we have to, those 12. The Rangers are spending. There's 13. The Cubs are starting to spend. There's 14 right there. Uh, the Diamondbacks are kind of on the edges, but they might. There's, that, that could be 15. They have a decent squad. Um, San Francisco didn't make the playoffs, but they'll spend. That's 16. So you know what I mean? So it is a healthy moment in time. It's cyclical, though. You know, we'll go back in a few years, and there'll just be the Dodgers and Yankees spending, and everyone else will be rebuilding. But right now, we have teams out of rebuilds, the big team spending, and 12 teams that I think made the playoffs last year that are thinking to themselves, we can win it all. We can win it all. And if Dave Dombrowski, after making the World Series, can sign someone for $300 million, everybody can. And just thinking about what's going to happen with Trevor Bauer – Dodgers, luxury tax, we don't know yet. That's an interesting dilemma. Kind of maybe one of the reasons why we haven't heard a whole heck of a lot from my, LA. My guess is, and it's, it's going to be tricky, he is going to get time served. That's my guess. In other words, he's already been out. He's supposed to be out another year, right? I think they're going to say, not they, but the arbitrator, the league wants him out another year. The arbitrator is going to say, time served. He's missed a year and a half or whatever it is. I think his contract's up, right? Right. The contract's over with the Dodgers, if I'm not mistaken. Is it one, is it one year left? I, I thought he was done. It was a four-year deal? I'm almost sure he's done because I don't think they're going to force him back out there you know, with that team. I guess they could pay him off. Anyway, he's not pitching for the Dodgers again. Yeah. Whether he's done there or not in terms of contract, is someone going to pick him up if they give him time served? I don't know. The problem for the Dodgers, though, is something uh, Ken Rosenthal has about it, that his, the money goes on to their luxury tax that could take them up to – for the okay. X amount of years, right, right. yeah, that's going to be the problem. Nothing you can do about it. You just have to deal with it. You know what? You saved a lot of money by not paying him, right, while he's been suspended. Um, but that's what I'm – I don't care about them, that that thing. I want to know if anyone's going to pick him up. And I can't imagine it, but we always say yeah. these things, and then someone trades for Deshaun Watson so <laughs> <laughs> I, and gives him $200 million. So I was trying to think uh, what what place might give him a shot of redemption. I don't know. It'd have to be a smaller market that could withstand some heat. You know, it can't be New York, Chicago, maybe, I don't know, Kansas City or something. But I, my guess is he's not going to pitch anytime soon.
No. Great to finally meet yeah, you. Yeah, you too, guys. Thank you for always Absolutely. coming on. We truly appreciate it. That's what's the winter. What's great about the winter meeting. Absolutely. We do all these shows, but then we get to actually see each other in person. And fantastic. Is, is Bob up next? Or Bob's just... at, Bob's going to close well, us out. I was about to say, I, I'm like the mid middle reliever that gets you a hold. This is the Hall of Fame stopper, though. He'll get you the save. Raleigh Fingers is there is warming go. up in the bullpen. You're there. Dennis Eckersley and Raleigh Fingers, for God's sakes. No, I'm, who's, I'm trying to think of a, a classic A's middle reliever. I can't. I can't You'll uh, be Rick yeah. Honeycutt. Yeah, there you go. Rick Dennis, Honeycutt. To like Dennis that. Eckersley. There you go. That's better. No, hey, what you do for us is fantastic. We always appreciate it. My pleasure. It. My pleasure. Happy holidays, and we'll talk to you after the first of the year. Be well. Our man, Bob Nightingale, next right here on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All right, give me a quick update before we get to Bob Nightingale. Yoshida, the Japanese outfielder, I think he's 29. Yeah, 29. Just signed with the Boston Red Sox. Correct. I think it was a five-year deal. I don't know the exact numbers. I saw 85. Someone said 90. So somewhere between 85 and 90 million dollar range. Heim Bloom. Heim Bloom. Well, Heim Bloom signed somebody. That's two guys. Don't forget Kenley Jansen. So I, I guess they're starting to spend. Do they have a big posting fee for that? I don't know what the posting fee. I, that's a little out of my depth. Okay. Well, grade. that's why we have the greatness that is Bob <laughs> Nightingale from the USA Today. As everybody knows, one of my all-time favorites who've been joining us, all the different A's shows that I've done over the years. So it's kind of like Rule 5 draft is done. This is this is kind of it for us here uh, for the winter meetings back in San Diego. Yeah, and they shortened the winter meetings by a day. I think they'll continue to do this, you know, opening up on Sunday night, Monday morning, what have you, and then have everybody go home. Uh, one day early. Did you find that there was like a little bit of a extra urgency, a little bit of everybody just so excited to get here because we hadn't had it since 2019? Yeah, I mean, even the Rule 5 draft was packed. I've never seen so many people. <laughs> <laughs> There's more people there than there are at the Diamondback games. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, even yeah, and even at the bar at night, guys were talking about that, saying, oh, it's so good to see everybody. Yeah, the bar scene has been packed every single every night. Every night, yeah. Yeah, and I think just yeah, because it's been uh, you know 2019. Yeah, it was. It, it there was there was some that definitely a buzz, and just so good to see everybody back and being able to, uh, you know, face to face. Because I mean, just you know, we didn't have it and COVID and Zooms and it's it's just not the same. And obviously, the money's flying, so the game's doing okay. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, the only. Uh, I was talking to Rob uh, Manford yesterday, and I asked Rob, I said, is this good for the game or bad for the game? He says, good. It shows how you know prosperous a game is, how much money there is. He says, and bad in the sense where it just creates greater disparity between the haves and haves nots. How do we change that? You've been in this game a long time. You've seen every excuse. You've seen people talk about, you know, why certain teams can and certain teams can't. All of a sudden, San Diego used to be a can't. And now they're looking to spend more money than anyone in the history of the game. Yeah. I mean, I think the only way you can control it, if you have a salary cap, it's the only sport without one. Uh, you know, Union has always fought that. I don't know if that day will, you know, that day will ever come. But, yeah, I mean, they, you know, maybe increase the penalties, that sort of thing. But even the penalties, no one seems to care. Uh, but, yeah, you're right, Chris, in the sense that San Diego is a small market. It's the 27th largest market in the country. And uh, with a small solid baseball, obviously, and they're spending money like the old Yankees did with George Steinbrenner. How? I don't think they care. I don't think they care if they lose money. They say, okay, we'll make it up. When we sell the team. 
So I'm sure, you know, every owner is thinking, what is going on down there? Right. And uh, it's just like, okay, we lose money, we lose money. We don't care. Is this Peter Seidler? I really don't know him well. Um, is this him digging into, like, personal wealth to do this? I think it is. I mean, he's got hedge funds. Obviously, he is a billionaire. Uh, so are, you know, mo- most owners. I think he's thinking, you know what, if I use my mo- own money, you know, who cares? I want to leave my legacy when I leave San Diego. I want that World Series. I mean, you could have they could have had three uh, infielders make over three hundred million dollars. Uh, you know, they offered you know Judge four hundred million. Uh, who knows what the last you know or give to Bogarts or or Correa if they want them. I know there's a opt out for Manny Machado coming up, but I just when they went hard after Turner. And then Bob Melvin was just here and told us that he met last night with Aaron Judge. Yeah. They met. He was here. The Padres met with him. Does this in any way, if they would have signed, let's say, Judge or Turner, let's just say it goes down, and then you got Machado and you got Tatis, whether you try to move Tatis or not, let's say you can't move Tatis. Does this say? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Maybe they don't love Soto as much now that they've acquired him? No, I think it's just a, uh, they don't care about losing money. I think they still badly want to sign Soto. Uh, you know, it's going to take, you know, probably at least $450, $500 million because of his age. And I think, that, you know, just spending money wildly, as wildly as any team we've ever seen. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure where they're going to get it all. I mean, they're already selling the place out in you know, this last year. They're going to cap off season ticket sales. But, you know, TV market is fine. But, you know, they're they're blocked. I mean, they're blocked by, uh, you know, Pacific Ocean to the west, you know, the desert to the east, Mexico south, you know, L.A. north. It's like there's so no my place father, to go. I'm from here. This is what my father would always say. He goes, it's a problem. Yeah, We're right. totally blocked. Ocean, desert, Mexico, Dodgers. You're blocked. Yeah. Yeah, and you're saying it's a thing where it just keeps on spinning. I mean, uh, you know, he, he's got the team. If he had investors, I'm sure they'd say, wait a minute, what are you doing? Uh, he had some uh, – Former partners are, they can't believe what's going on with the money being spent. Yeah, I think everybody that uh, Jim Duquette stopped by earlier today, and he got, the money makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like people who've actually given the, you know, because like back in their day, they gave away big contracts. But these contracts now, it's like you, you see, and I know how Billy Bean feels. It's like, it's like, my God, the amount of money we're giving these guys is crazy. Yeah, but take that shortstop market. I mean, I'm sure Correa will get $300 million too. You know, you know, giving money to guys is that, you know, you, they're not Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, probably want to be future Hall of Famers. But yet, it's just like, okay, if you're a good player, athletic, we're going to pay you. I think in the Yankees' case, a lot of it was for marketing and just a public perception. I think, you know, a big portion of that contract was for PR, not to look bad with him leaving. Would have been that, like, judge leaves, you still win. Let's say he goes to San Francisco doesn't win it's an initial PR hit but how bad really would have it been for the Yankees I mean Cano was bad but this had been a lot worse just he's such a big star breaking the home run record in the American League makes him even a bigger star uh he's loved there you know one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet 
So he sells tickets. Uh, TV ratings are high when he's you know at the plate. So it would have been a pretty big hit. I don't care what they would have done afterwards, but just his name has gotten so big. And they got a long way to go because obviously they just had him and they didn't win the World Series. But when you look here at our time in San Diego, was there anything that surprised you? No, I think the surprise was just the fact that the Padres were so aggressive. Even though they get Turner and Judge, uh, you know, the fact they already had two all-star shortstops uh, or two shortstops went to Tatis and uh, Korean player. And then, of course, uh, you know, offering $400 million for Judge. You already have Soto in right field. Uh, what do you do, play Judge every day in center field? But, yeah, just to throw out that kind of money would be just embarrassment of riches. Are, are you shocked that the Dodgers are now maybe looking like they're pivoting to younger players, trying to get below the cap because they don't want to go over it for a third time, a lot of penalties there? That hasn't been kind of the Dodger way. Who knows? We've got a long way to go, but are you shocked that they've been so quiet? And they have a lot of holes right now. You have a lot of holes. I thought they'd get at least, you know, go after a shortstop, you know, Korea, I can understand why they don't want Korea. It's going to be over $300 million. Uh, you know, the whole Astro Ching scandal. The, you know, the fans aren't really on board there. But, yeah, I mean, I, they need to get at least another starter or so. Uh, yeah, I thought Verlander would have made sense there. They were going to guarantee three years for Verlander. Uh, I still, you know, they got so much uh, depth in the minor league system, so much talent. What surprised me at all, you know, when this is all said and done, they start using that to go get players just with the minor league inventory they have. Or they just bring them up and they keep winning. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, you talk to scouts. They've had five kids last year at Class A. They say guaranteed that all the five are going to be in the big leagues one day. <laughs> you know, they have a catcher that says better Mike Piazza. It's like just <laughs> – it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> they got them coming. Yeah, we need some of that. Uh, if you're the San Francisco Giants, and I can tell you a lot of them are already on planes back to the Bay Area. You're the San Francisco Giants, Southwest, you're flying, you land at SFO. How do you feel after these winter meetings? Yeah, I mean, I talked to front office people there, and they were, uh, I don't want to say devastated is the right word, but they thought they had him. They're, they had got their hopes up so high. They're talking about him flying here. They said, why is he flying here? So we can, you know, um, you know, do some type of press camera. So he's flying here to just meet with the Padres. That was it. But they got their hopes up, and uh, they need some star power. I mean, their attendance was the lowest in the history of the ballpark last year. So uh, I think they've got to be all in with the uh, Korea. I mean, they got to spend money on Carlos Korea just to show that, okay, at least we got a big star for you. It's not the big guy, but this guy is pretty damn good. Yeah, it's interesting. That's what we've talked about with the uh, – I thought the Red Sox and the Giants kind of in the same boat that lately their fan bases have felt they're cheap and their image was they're not spending money, time to spend money. And, you know, the Giants could still do something, but they came out with that, we will not be outspent for Aaron Judge. You don't land Judge, you got an egg on your face. Yeah, I mean, they were so uh, open about their aggressiveness toward it. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe Judge wanted to go there all along. A lot of people, his teammates thought that. So maybe Judge got the last laughs and, okay, you, you made uh, my $213.5 million public. Let me get you back. Maybe you would have signed there for 250 and made an extra $100 million of it. Yeah, I wonder after you sign that we'll never know, right? As as, But once you sign, once you sign on that, is it like, ah, we're all still family. We're good. <laughs> well, I'm sure good. I mean, even the Yankee people will tell you that, you know, they don't think it'll ever have another season like that. 
uh, you know, they're not going to expect 10 great years out of him. But, you know, if you get six great years or, you know, seven, uh, you know, big guy, you know, has been hurt a lot in the past. But he sells tickets. He's a star. Uh, TV ratings are up. Attendance is up just because of him. Well, I'll tell you, good news is uh, we're signing some people here. That's a far from, from after last year. You know, last year was a rough year. I mean, it is what it is. We knew what was going on. But it's nice to see some activity by the A's down here at the winter meetings. Yeah, I mean, you talk to teams. Like, everybody is, uh, you know, kind of spending money or, you know, trying to keep the talent they have. I mean, after what the A's did last year, I mean, really the only name you hear is Murphy. And obviously it's a high, high price tag. You know, I'm not sure he's going to get dealt. But if he does, it's going to be, you know, on their terms. And they want major league players back in return. So it's completely different from a year ago. Yeah, when Contreras signed with St. Louis, you just start kind of looking around. We've been trying to tell everybody, the bottom line of free agency, it's easier just to pay for a player because I'm just here. Here's cash. I'm giving you money. But when I trade for a guy, you know, I'm, I'm giving up the assets and I'm later going to have to pay this guy. I can say how many years he's under control, but I have to pay him anyway. That's a little bit harder from these front offices. It's just – Easier just to do free agents and pay a guy. It is, and they're be so worried about trading away prospects or having a trade back bar on them. Uh, so I mean, they can have Murphy. He can be traded in the spring training, All Star break, or you know, completely hang on to him. But the trade market right now is just so quiet. So I think that part picks up. I think if he's if he is dealt, you know, it might be uh, you know not even until January or after the holidays. When you start thinking, you know, I didn't realize Jesse just told us that Damsby Swanson, he's getting married when? This weekend? Yeah, he said this weekend. Well, so he's getting married this weekend. Xander supposedly was not going to – he, the Red Sox, this thing's over with. I never buy that with a Boris client. Right. He keeps everybody in play. Uh, Carlos Correa, how do you think this shortstop thing really works out in the end? I think Correa ends up with the Giants. I don't completely rule out the Padres. I don't know how badly they want him. The Twins want him, and the Twins have a lot of offers for him. I don't think he'd get a chance to go to San Francisco or stay in Minnesota. Uh, he'd probably go to San Francisco. Just they, they plan to spin much bigger market, obviously, in the Bay Area. So my, my pick would ends up there. Swanson, my prediction is either the Cubs or, or the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals could use a shortstop. Cubs really need one. So it would be kind of a fallback plan for everybody. Nice to see the Cubs kind of spinning again and getting back in this thing. Yeah, they're the right division. I mean, the best divisions for a parity are the uh, AL Central and NL Central. Nobody spins wildly, so you don't have that disparity like you do in the East and West. We know Rob Manfred is – he's over it when we start talking about these stadium issues. I think everybody's over it, uh, whether you talk about our situation, Tampa's situation. Just real, real, what can – a commissioner really do to help the processes? Is there really anything he can do? He can bully people. You can try and give support, whatever. But what, what, what can a commissioner really do to get a, you know, like our project, a $12 billion project? You really can't. I mean, uh, he can say, hey, can you, you know, put in more of your own private money in here? They have already, you know, on the, on the flip end, they said, hey, no more relocation fee. If A's want to move to Vegas, you know, go ahead. I think they've just kind of got fed up. Like, if Vegas gets a, a group together, their stadium settled, I think it, I think it goes there just because, you know, everybody's tired of waiting on the A's as far as what happens. I don't see the A's moving to Nashville. I don't think Tampa either. 
And baseball doesn't want it. Baseball wants to use Nashville and Montreal for the two next expansion sites. Well, we know our friend Dave Stewart. I've talked a lot to Dave about that because I've done a lot of TV with him doing A's uh, pre- and post-game live. And it's fascinating because Dave's got his group. They've got their money together. They've got the – they, they've got a the couple billion in the bank ready to give to Major League Baseball. They're already selling merchandise online. They're going to help uh, Tennessee State rebuild part of the the, the, the uh, black college there. And, I mean, they've, they've, they've got the land. They're doing the whole – Dave Stewart's ready to rock. So, you know, as much – and Dave is Oakland through and through. Oh, sure. And Dave is like, I want to see Oakland taken care of. But Dave understands. But – once you have the A's in Tampa set, I know Dave Stewart is ready to rock with the Nashville Stars. Yeah, and so are the uh, other 30 owners because you're getting about a $2.5 billion expansion fee, so a yeah. lot of money to uh, to all those teams. But, yeah, I mean, the Nashville thing is so real that Dave Dombrowski's contract, he's got a clause in it. If you uh, if Nashville gets a team, he can leave and go rejoin the uh, – Nashville Stars, like you plan to do all along. Yeah, I had no clue. I read your story because I still support you. I get Sports Weekly, <laughs> which gets, which is the USA Today. It's the weekly magazine. I still love it. It's got NFL. It's got basketball. But it was originally Baseball Weekly. They turned to Sports Weekly, and they put all your articles in there. So I, I still get it. And I was reading it, and I, I didn't realize Dave was a consultant there. I didn't until I read the article right uh, during the World Series that you put out. And I was like, wow. Now, obviously, he's signed the extension to be in Philadelphia. Do you, if Nashville did start up again, do you think – and I know he's, he has some loyalty to Nashville, even though they're doing great things in Philly. Do you think he'd go back to Nashville right away? Not right away. I mean, remember now, it, it's got to be at least five years before expansion team goes there. But I think he would. I mean, he bought a house there. He got a house built there. He's still living there. And uh, I think he, he likes expansion, you know, process. And I think a lot of GMs do as far as starting something. You know, Dave, obviously, Stewart's going to be, you know, a big part of it. But I don't think Dave wants to be, you know, the GM type guy, just more of a overseeing, almost like a, a team president. Well, we always love having you on, and we're ending the winter meetings with you, my friend. <laughs> what, what's the holiday plans? Uh, you know, I live in uh, Scottsdale, so. You can't beat that from. It's always otherwise. nice. Yeah, otherwise. <laughs> so my yeah, my plan maybe to uh, build up my uh, drinking tolerance because the Phoenix Open and the Super Bowl are the same week in Phoenix. Oh so, wow! So I got to work on my party passes and everything else. <laughs> wow, they're gonna have the tournament and the Super Bowl at the same time. Same time, same time. And that is by far, if you like, like we love our stop on the PGA Tour, Pebble Beach. I've covered it for now thirty years. Down here at Torrey Pines, they do a great job. But there's nothing like the waste management. No, you know, yeah, Fred McGriff, I'm good friends with, you know. And uh, you know, just made the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I said, Fred, you're going to get a lot more party passes now being a Hall of Fame. Don't forget your friends. <laughs> <laughs> How nice was that for Freddie? I mean, great player. Uh, he I, deserves it. Explain this to me. You you voted for all these years. The most he ever got was 39 percent with the writers, and then you put him on the contemporary ballot and he gets 100 percent. Yeah, something's wrong there. Yeah, I mean, I thought the two that that have bothered me the most over the years was him and uh, Jack Morris. I mean, Morris finally got in the Veterans Committee, but I said, yeah, we sh the writers should have voted him in. But yeah, I mean, at 493 home runs, I mean, would those seven have made that big a difference? I think what hurt him was bouncing around to so many teams. It wasn't one team to fully support his candidacy. But he was 30 and 100 every single year. 
I mean, you know, I'll take him over uh, Jeff Bagwell, who's in, or Todd Helton's on the ballot. A lot of, you know, people say, hey, how about my first baseman? I said, I'm not going to vote for a first baseman until Lemon Griff is in. And, uh, yeah, it's too bad it took that long. But at least he's finally in. He's probably, he's probably going to have the stage to himself next summer because I'm not sure another guy's going to get in. Scott Rowland's got the only chance. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a blank ballot on the writer's ballot. Now, we know Bonds, Clemens. We know why. But where were you? What would you – did you think there was a chance for Schilling or Mattingly or Dale Murphy? I thought there was a chance for Schilling. Uh, some people – you know, believe that of all the guys not in, he's one of the guys that deserves to get him just with that postseason record alone. So I think Schilling gets in before Bonds and Clemens. I do think Bonds and Clemens get in one day. I knew it wasn't going to happen right away. It just would look funny. Uh, too many Hall of Famers, I go there every summer, are so upset with those guys. There were a few guys, uh, Reggie Jackson, Goose Gossage, were going to walk off the stage this year because of, uh, you know, Oh, David Ortiz getting in just because he had that positive drug test. And they were convinced, no, no, come come to the event and stay. And they did. But I think he, uh, as time goes on, you know, Bonds and Clemens will say, okay, let, let's let him in. Yeah, because what, what scares me, we'll end on this. What scares me is we have a, it's just now not a decade. It's decades of you can't get in, you can't get in, you can't get in. And you have all these kids you know, when we grew up, the Baseball Hall of Fame was, oh, now all these kids growing up, all, they hear more about the guys who can't get in. There's more guys who can't get in than can get in. Yeah, my line of demarcation, I've always voted for Bonds and Clemens, Sammy Sosa, was just before the drug testing. I mean, it was a wild, wild west out there. You know, I think, you know, 50 60% of guys were doing stuff. And, uh, I mean, Bonds was hitting home runs, but he was facing pitchers juiced up too. You know, Clemens facing hitters. Uh, yeah, let's let's be honest. There's been about, you know, eight or ten guys that were using steroids in the Hall of Fame. It's like, why are we taking away the best two guys? And I remember having a conversation one year with uh, Ricky Henderson, the A's clubhouse, maybe about a year ago. He says the thing that hurt Barry the most, they broke Hank Aaron's record. If Barry doesn't break Aaron's record, it's like, okay, we'll let him in. But too many people were upset about breaking Aaron's record. That's interesting. Ricky Henderson said that. Yeah, yeah. And he warned Barry that. He goes, hey, just let you know. And I think there's a lot of truth. I mean, Roger Clemens wins seven Cy Youngs, and then he's left off. But yet you guys, you know, all the steroid suspicions with Mike Piazza, uh, Jeff Bagwell, uh, Pedro Rodriguez, you know, they floated right in. That is real. I never, I never even thought about that, nor have I heard Ricky talk about that. Yeah. That is interesting. That's why we love having you on. You're the best. <laughs> Have a great Christmas. Happy holidays. And we'll talk to you uh, next year as we'll uh, get looking forward to you breaking more news and having you back here on A's Cast Live. I'll see you in spring training. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the winter meetings from San Diego right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Oakland Athletics Spring Training is right around the corner, and you can be part of the excitement. 
Get your tickets now and plan ahead for a fun-filled trip to Mesa, Arizona this spring. Pack the sunscreen, bring your friends, pick up some ballpark classics, and watch your green and gold get ready for the regular season. Get your tickets today to see the Athletics take on the Giants, Padres, Cubs, Dodgers, and more. Tickets are on sale now at athletics.com slash spring. That's athletics.com slash spring. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All right, the uh, Yoshida deal with the Boston Red Sox to get the Japanese outfielder. Looks like it's five years, 90 million. A record for a Japanese position player. $15 million posting fee. So uh, Mark Feinstein of MLB Network uh, tweeted that out. All right, quickly, let's run down. What did the A's do? Give me the signings of the A's before we get out of here. Uh, Lutmus Diaz, two years for $14.5 million. That was from Joel Sherman. Uh, signed Jace Peterson. I don't, I don't remember what the deal was. Uh, Jace Peterson was signed yesterday. It's two years. Uh, traded for Chad Smith for Jeff Criswell and took Ryan Noda in the Rule 5 draft from the Dodgers. So there you go. There's a minor league player too, but one of, he was in the Pirates system, I think. What a, what a, what a few days. We were on four hours day one, day two, six and a half, today five. Well, Correct? five and change. We're almost five and change. Well, if you count the taping of Bob Melvin. So we've got, you know, we got a good almost 16, 17 hours in here at the winter meetings in three days. Yeah, I think I think our work is done. Yeah, I think I think we I think we covered everything we needed to. We've had a bazillion guests. Biggest names in the sport. Can't wait to get on the plane and Carlos Correa signs. It's, wasn't it Rendon? It was Rendon when we got on the plane last time to sign with the Angels. Anthony Rendon, yeah. <laughs> We're going to go on the plane and someone's going to sign. <laughs> I mean, that was yeah, – that, that, that should have been one of the signs that this was going to be an awful deal. That you wait, you wait for Garrett Cole to sign. It's towards the end of the meetings. Everybody goes nuts. Big deal. Then everybody's ready to leave and everybody's heading to the airport. And then you announce Rendon signs when now everybody's leaving. So you don't get your bang for the buck for the Angels. It's like the Angels, you didn't have this deal worked out when everybody was in one spot. Everybody was there ready to rock. People were, because you remember, we had all these signings coming into the meeting. We had a bunch of signings coming yeah, into the, the meeting. started it, yeah. Right? We had, we had signings. We had signings when we landed. We had signings. We were starving for signings in 2019. There wasn't anything going on. And then Garrett Cole finally signs. And was it, you, you wait on Rendon? Why, why wouldn't you want to beat? Because Garrett Cole was not determining the years and numbers that Rendon was getting from the Angels. So why wouldn't the Angels, you want to be, you know, just make this a big deal and get your bang for the buck? Get that initial PR hit. Yeah. Well, at least we, we had some news happen while we were here, and it wasn't like we're – can you imagine being here a couple of years ago and Harper and Machado waited until March or February to sign? It was into spring training. Yeah. Can you imagine that would happen? We were here with that, and so everyone's just walking around and no no major deals happen. Well, I remember talking – I remember us talking about that, and it's just over and over and over again. And we went through Christmas, and then you go through New Year's. And, and you remember that – Bryce Harper, when he signed, his interview was from spring training. 
The press conference was at spring training. That's when the deal was announced. Yeah. And he said, and then he he named the wrong city or wrong uh, street name. Then it was funny because the Nationals won the World Series that same year. But he did he did bring the uh, Phillies to the World Series. Yeah, the winter meetings are great. There's there's uh, there's a lot of buzz for the sport. It get I, what it does is it gives it gives the sport something in a time when everybody just cares about the NFL, really just the NFL and college football. Because the NBA, they basically tell you the NBA that it doesn't matter until Christmas, Christmas Day. Yeah. That's when they go national TV. Hockey, it's not till after the first of the year. Really, football is in control of the sports landscape. But baseball, by coming together – and really, a lot of this, too, is not about signings. It's about all the meetings. Like, we had A's, A's personnel here, and it's all the meetings that are put on by Major League Baseball for so many different things, so many different things that are, are above our pay grade. I mean, they've got meetings about international stuff. They've got meetings about rules. They've got meetings about uh, dealing with uh, everything inside your stadiums and, and business deals local and national so it's very important to have these meetings so the franchises get together and share ideas we sit here all talk about the players but a lot of the stuff that happens at these meetings you the fans don't care about we understand but a lot of things that happen at these meetings are for the teams to get together and talk about the business of baseball and how to grow it and make it better and go over everything stuff that that has nothing to do with whether you're signing a player tonight we make it the media all about Judge Correa and the players. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's A's people that have been like in meetings the last couple of days. They were in meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, and it's about the business of baseball. Yeah. It was a good time, though. We had fun. I love it. Uh, it's, it's a total. I don't know where it's at next year. I, I tried looking. I don't think they put it out yet. Oh, we're lucky we had this one. It's basically a baseball. It's, it's, it's where all of us baseball geeks hang out. Uh, 100%. It's fun. We had a good time. We covered it very well. You happy? Yeah. I'm ready. Can you actually say you're happy? I'm happy. I'm ready to go home, though. You ready to get out of here? Yeah. All right. That is going to do it. <laughs> Three days of a bunch of live programming. Of course, you'll be able to watch all of this on YouTube. You'll be able to watch all of it on Twitter, and you can download it on, of course, athletics.com slash A's cast. But uh, three days. Winter meetings. A lot has gone down. The A's have made moves. Big moves. Aaron Judge went down. Pitching went down. And you know what? More to come. And we will we will make sure that we have it all covered for you on Monday. So we're going to take the next couple days off and regroup. Billy Hepler. There's my guy. Uh, we'll make sure that we regroup. And come back on Monday, and we'll see who else has signed. And Billy Uppler just said hi. Uh, you got him. You got the two biggest GMs in baseball in New York. Say hi to you today, Brian Cashman and Billy Uppler. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, we've been in the business a while. You get to know people. We'll get. You know what? We're going to have to get Billy Uppler on the program. Well, we play the Mets this year, so we can do it. Yeah, we'll get him on the program. He is. He's a great guy. I've actually watched games with him at the Coliseum. You get to know everybody when you're in this business for a long time. All right, so that's going to do it for live from the winter meetings. I hope everybody enjoyed the coverage. We had a great time. Hopefully you had a great time watching. We'll be back on Monday on A's Cast Live to break down all the signings and 
and hopefully break down the new signings in Major League Baseball. Take care, everybody, and that's it from San Diego. The Oakland Athletics begin spring training on February 25th. Now's the time to make plans to catch us in Mesa, Arizona, and enjoy the sunshine of your family and friends. Buy your tickets early for the best seats at the lowest prices as your green and gold take on the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, Angels, and more at Hohokam Stadium. Shantoni, it's a deep drive to right in the corner. Gritchick going back. He'll turn and watch it fly. Get your tickets at athletics.com slash spring. That's athletics.com slash spring. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.